You're listening to The Journey Podcast. This podcast is part of a larger series called Topics, where we discuss relevant cultural and theological issues. The format of this series is more conversation-centered and will often include guest contributors. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. What is up, Journey family? We are so excited that uh, you decided to listen to um, this podcast. It is a hot topic, I must say. Um, My name is uh, Cole Rhodes. I am the Journey pastor here leading college students and young adults. And I have with me here uh, the capital T H E, uh, Bobby kite. So she's a, she's not a myth. She is a legend. Uh, she's confirmed her presence is here in the room. Um, Bobby, can you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and why you're here? Well, I am, um, a nurse, um, by training. I was a labor and delivery nurse, um, for 15 years. And for the last four years, I have been at a local nonprofit pregnancy clinic, um, serving ladies and some gentlemen um, who are walking through some maybe unexpected situations in their life related to sex and their choices around um, what they're doing with their bodies. Um, I'm a member here at Southcrest. I serve in a lot of different capacities here, and I love this church. I love what you guys are doing in the journey. I love, I've listened to your previous two weeks of preaching over singleness and dating and I think the messages that you are teaching are 100% biblical but also very applicable and relatable. I did not pay her to say that by the way. Yes, he did. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Just a little bit. <laughs> yes. Cool. Well, um yeah, we we are excited to have you here. I think we talked about the possibility of this maybe back in March before the world changed forever uh, for COVID. Um, and the thought of doing a podcast with you definitely um, has been on my radar. So I'm glad we're finally like, getting to do this. And uh, what many of you listening should know is that this is actually perfect timing. I can tell you without going into details that this is relevant to the lives, not only of college students and young adults, but people in our ministry. Just the past couple of weeks, I've had conversations and had to navigate and, and pastor through the issue of what we're talking about today, and that is sex and relationships. And so as you are listening, I want you to know that we we do uh, want to be mindful of your time, uh, but Bobby and I agree, like we, we want to um, ask and answer the questions that many of you are asking or at least should be asking. And I think a lot of people, to be fair, Bobby, you probably agree, don't have answers to. Would you say that? Absolutely. And these are complex, multifaceted problems with, I mean, the Bible's pretty clear about sex, but as far as how we can manage that and apply that in our everyday life, it, it sometimes is a is a longer conversation. So even if you have to listen to part of it and pause it, man, it's all good. And so we want you to hear it all. And also, you know, another barrier to this is the the awkwardness of it, like the potential awkwardness. Bobby will not feel that at all this entire time. That's her nope. gift uh, of not feeling awkward talking about this, but but I will. And the people that are in this room will be able to see me squirm a little bit. <laughs> but uh, even even in texting her about this, I, I never could text her the word sex. Like I just had to say what you talk about. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's, it's funny because I often get asked to talk about this and it's, Actually, probably the only thing I get asked to talk about, and I always think like, well, I know other stuff, but 
this has basically become my brand, I guess. <laughs> it's your brand. It's my brand. I love yeah, it. I'll take it. You're just going to roll with it. <laughs> awesome. So I want to just start off with a, with a hot starter question. Uh, I think, Bobby, you're an Enneagram 8, right? Yep. Yeah, and so I, I'm, I'm tapping into her 8. Like, let's just, yeah. let's just go bold. straight towards the throat. Very bold. Throat punch question. Bobby, what is the number one lie that you hear about sex and relationships? And feel free to be as passionate and get your 8 on <laughs> as much as you want. Uh, probably the lie that sex can be just physical. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, in my job I meet with ladies and who are in sexual relationships and it's just sex or they'll use terms as like casual sex or no strings attached or it's just friends with benefits or we just hooked up and that just doesn't exist. Um, It's never just sex. And so the Bible is actually very clear on that. But whether you believe in Jesus or you don't, um, the science, the brain science that we have in the secular world has proved over and over again that um, our our emotions and our heart get way more involved every time. Um, and so it is it is not just physical. Mm. Um, so and you know a good way to think of this is if sex was just physical, you know, like sex between any other mammals, then it wouldn't feel weird or awkward when you see that guy or girl the next day or the next weekend. <laughs> That's a really good point. It's weird. It feels weird. And that's because if it were just physical, it wouldn't feel that way. Um, The other, you know, big thing that I hear is I hear a lot of believers in our clinic say, because believe it or not, we do see a lot of Christians in the STD pregnancy clinic. So um, I think that's a common misconception that, you know, believers aren't having these problems, but they are. Um, And so a lot of times we'll hear that, you know, they have their faith and they have their sex life and that their faith um, doesn't impact the choices that they're making in their in, in the area of sex or their sexual choices, that the two are mutually exclusive. And, you know, you're the, you know, you're the pastor here, Cole, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding as a believer myself is when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? So right. it's not you can't separate part of it. And I think we all do that. Even me as a 40-year-old grown married woman, I have like a, you know, like my 5% over here that I really don't want Jesus to see. <laughs> um, but we can't do that as believers. Um, he has to infiltrate all of our choices and our entire um, lives and what we're doing. And so... People will often say, well, God just wants me to be happy or, um, you know, I know he's going to forgive me or this is just part of growing up. Like, Mm -hmm. no, it's not. Don't (laughs) do that. Don't buy that lie. That's a worldly lie. We are not of this world. We're just having to live in it. Um, And so my question back to people that have these views is often like, how do you think that sex can be a healthy relationship building action in a marriage but yet it can just be physical when you're hooking up. Like, mm. how are you making that distinction? And sure. the answer is you can't. Yeah, that's a great question. Man, even after just that answer, I'm like, why is it taking me so long to get you on this podcast? <laughs> and we got a lot, a lot of good stuff left. Um, okay, so what's happening, though, like in, in the context of when uh, a couple is having sex, is that's in the context of a relationship usually, right? Now, not always, sometimes. Usually, some, yeah, yes. But... So, Sex is a type of relationship. Sure. And so even the word relationship, right? Okay, what does that even mean? 
right? Can there be a no strings attached thing or is, is a kind of a one night stand approach appropriate? And so when I say the word relationship, that has so many meanings. And so what I want to ask you, Bobby, is a twofold question. What is a healthy relationship and what is an unhealthy relationship? So assuming that I'm speaking to mostly believers here, when we talk about what is a healthy relationship, I would almost even ask, like, do you even need to be in a relationship? Are you even ready? Because I think part of being in a healthy relationship is not being in a relationship until you're ready. Um, so I listened to a great sermon by my BFF, Matt Chandler. He doesn't know he's my BFF, but he is. Um, but he gave... He'll know after this podcast. Yes, call yeah. me. Um, have your people call my people. Some things um, that you need to work through to know if you're even ready to be in a, and we're talking about a dating or romantic relationship. Um, I have four things. The first three are his. The fourth one was mine. Um, but one is, do you understand your need for Jesus and the gospel? So do you understand your need for a savior? When you screw up, which you are going to, and we all do, do you run to Jesus or do you run away? Right. And so if you're not running to him, you don't really understand him. Mm. And so maybe that's um, a reason to pause. What happened in the garden, right? Absolutely. From God. For sure. (laughs) The other thing I would say is, are you in a community of believers who are basically going to call you out on your crap? So (laughs) when you're doing, do you have, and this doesn't mean, gossiping or talking behind people's back, but do you have, I like to call it, I've heard it called before, a board of directors. So that's why I call it, you know, I've, I've got some, some people in my life that like, okay, Hey, I know they're going to say, you need no Bobby, you're not right on this or, or yeah, I can see why you feel that way, but here, Mm. let's pray this through. So do you have a a group, a a community that's going to help you through that? And then three, I would say, are you dating for marriage? Because if you're not, what are you really doing? Um, the Bible, I think, is very clear on that. Like, I've heard our very own Dr. B. Hayes talk about the Bible doesn't really address dating. And I think if if we were meant to have this on again, off again dating relationships, he probably would have addressed it. But yeah, that's the, right. <laughs> the relationship was meant with an end goal in mind, and that was marriage to bring glory and honor to Him. So I love a great quote um, by a guy named Jefferson Betkey where he says, "Dating without the intent to marry is like going shopping with no money." You either leave disappointed or you take something that wasn't yours. Man, if these mics weren't so expensive, I would drop them. I, think. I mean, but, so yeah. that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you're just asking for trouble, right? So, and then the fourth one that I added for myself would be if you are not, if you do not have a healthy level of caution for the dangers of a physical relationship and you are not willing to set boundaries, then you're probably not ready for a relationship. Um, so, once again, speaking to believers, if you if you feel like you are ready for a relationship, first and foremost, they have to love Jesus. Like that's a deal breaker if they don't, right? Mm, the Bible is yeah. very clear on that. Um, and if they love Jesus, then um, the secular definition of a healthy relationship, such as mutual respect, trust, honesty, good communication, all those things, should be a natural byproduct of following Jesus, right? Should be a natural byproduct of putting others above yourself as um, scripture commands. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus follows have all Jesus followers have perfect relationships. And it doesn't mean that all non-believers have unhealthy relationships. Um, But I think there are some red flag things in relationships such as disrespect, 
you know, being controlling. And I think a lot of times, especially ladies, we view controlling as a way that the guy like really cares about us. Mm. And that's not true. Like, that's not how they should express love or care for you. Mm. And then a lack of communication. Things like abusive behaviors such as verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, or forced sexual activity. I mean, those are not red flags. Those are like, you need to get out of there now behaviors. Mm. Um, Those are not likely to change and you're not going to change him and you're not going to change her. So, um, only, only, only Jesus can do that. So, um, those would be my answers to that. Sure. And I love that. So true. Even as you're kind of going through that, I I think about our, our dating series, singles and dating, um, man, so, so true. How many, how much heartache could we have saved asking these type of questions, right? Making these type of uh, qualifications for who we get in a relationship with. And um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you're listening and have a reasonable, logical mind after that answer, at least your interest may be peaking like, huh, I should probably pursue a healthy relationship, right? For sure. But when you're in a relationship with somebody, like, like it would be not good if the guy were not attracted to the girl physically like that that's a good healthy desire right like Absolutely. to be attracted yeah. and so and the same thing for the girl with the guy and so i i get this question a lot i tried to answer it but I, w- I would love your perspective and okay you're both physically attracted to each other you do both love jesus you're you're pursuing a healthy relationship okay so how far is too far right in these healthy yeah. relationships <laughs> yeah so um i love that question because I think sometimes we can answer this question very vague and with lots of all these fancy Christianese words, but I'm going to try to give you some like what I think from my perspective, the problems that I see with ladies that I see in my clinic, where where it went wrong, where, where it went too far. Um, so once again, I'm talking to believers here. Um, it should be our desire to honor God in all areas of our life, and that does even include a physical relationship. So the Bible says that you must flee, F-L-E-E, not F-L-E-A, right? Flee anything that appears as sexually immoral. And so let's be clear here. Um, sexually enjoying someone's body that is not your husband or wife is sexually immoral. Um, so I think that's pretty clear I think a lot of times we think, man, we have to go all the way or to actually have, quote, unquote, real sex. Hmm. But really, sexual immorality is much more than that. any type of sexual enjoyment that you get from someone else's body. So I looked up the word flee, F-L-E-E, and it literally means vanish, evade, escape, or to run from. So Hmm. when anyone would ask, well, how close can I get without going too far, that is actually sounds nothing like flee to me. (laughs) I mean, he didn't say just stay this side of the border. He said, (laughs) flee, like get away, evade, Mm. get away. That's, you know, Mm. save yourself. So to me, I would say a practical thing would be nothing that involves taking your clothes off, right? So with that being said, there is a natural progression of a physical relationship, right? We don't typically go from how are you to naked with your clothes off having sex. So there's usually some steps along the way. Mm. Um, So it may be, you know, you start holding hands, then you're kissing, then, you know, you're like passionately kissing, full on making out, 
Then you're rubbing up on each other with your clothes on, touching over the clothes, and the clothes come off. Then you have oral, you know, then you maybe you're getting into oral sex. And, man, if you've gone that far, it, sex is almost inevitable. If not that time, then each time it's going a little bit further and a little bit further. Yeah. So to each person, I would encourage them to draw their line before you're, you know, in the backseat of your car macking down with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Because at that point, if you haven't set a boundary, then your boundary becomes their boundary becomes your boundary. And if they don't have a boundary and you don't have a boundary, you're, you're probably not going to be able to set it in the heat of the moment. Um, so I would say that, you know, our, the desire, the sexual desire that we have is good. It's, it's from the Lord. It's a beautiful thing inside of a marriage. You want to physically and sexually desire your husband or your wife. Um, but I think we've underestimated the power of sexual desire and the power of Satan to tempt us past those boundaries um, that God has set for our protection. So for some people, kissing might be too far, right? So hmm. because they are, there's a struggle to stop that cascade of events. So you're saying there's not this objective answer for everybody. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So say you know you and you know hmm. how well, how much self-control you have in that right. situation. Um, and so sometimes just kissing is too far because hmm. it's just too hard right. to stop at that point. And we'll discuss that a little bit more later, but sure. And so, I mean, if you've been listening long, you've heard the word sex a lot already. Or you lost count, yeah. and it, it's a dirty word in the church, right? Like, and this has to be really frustrating for you uh, doing what you do because it's not like for, for you, and, and it's it, it's a, a word that should be able to be used um, in a healthy way. And so, but because of that, um, we're we're like going to be led to the fact that hey, actually. God created sex. And so like what is what is his design for sex and how does that contrast with the world's design? I feel like that's an important thing to to talk about. Yeah, I love that question because when I was growing up, sex was a dirty word. It was not anything that was really talked to me in a positive manner. I think it's important that we understand that sex is good, but it's also powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and so... It, something can be good, but yet the enemy can harness that and use it against us. And, and, and Satan's really good at that. Um, so the world's design for sex is much different than God's. So God's design for sex is one man, one woman, sex inside of a marriage only with that person forever until death do you part, right? Mm. Um, and that... Sex is what seals the deal, not a marriage ceremony. Um, and so that's from the Bible. But the sex is the covenant that you make with your husband or your wife. It isn't necessarily the ceremony sealing the deal that way. Um, but the world says something, you know, totally different, that it's okay to have sex whenever, I mean, you know, whenever with whoever, just to make sure it's consensual and be sure you're safe or using protection and then when you're ready, you can seal the deal with a wedding. Hmm. And that is just not biblical at all. Sure. And I think, I don't think, it is obvious from human anatomy that God meant for us to enjoy sex. Hmm. Sex is supposed to be an enjoyable, desirable thing. Um, and sex was meant to make our life better, not more complicated. Right. So if I would I would encourage um, the single you know person to ask themselves, 
would sex right now make my life better or would it make it more complicated? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is it's going to make it more complicated, then that's not how God wants it for you. Sure, right. I mean, I'm going to read some that you sent me uh, just to get into what I think is the the bigger question. I mean, uh, Bobby sent me some some stats and it's saying according to the CDC, 52% of youth have had sex before they leave high school. Is that right? Yep. 17% of those um, have had sex with four or more people. Um, and here's what, it shouldn't surprise me, but it actually says the numbers aren't that much different with Christians. That like the the Barna study that you sent me, over over half of practicing Christian millennials believe that sex outside of marriage is okay if both parties agree. And so here's the deal. It sounds, I mean, everything you just said is, is compelling, but it feels like maybe this next question is, is what's kind of going on in their heads, this question of skepticism. And that's why, does it really matter, right? Like, like what, what's, what's the worst that could happen? You know what I mean? Like, I think people are just like, I don't care. Like most of us have had those awkward abstinence classes, you know, like we know some of these things. And so like, does it really matter that much if we have sex and what's, what's the worst that can really happen? So I think it's important to start probably with what everyone thinks about. And those are the physical, what we would call the physical consequences Mm. um, of sex outside of what the Bible has clearly laid out for us. And the first would be unintended pregnancy, right? Mm. Not saying unintended pregnancies don't happen in marriages because they do, but we're talking about that, what that can do to basically just, it's almost like you set off a bomb in your life when a girl finds out she's pregnant and she's Mm. single, especially if she's a believer and in the church and she's, Mm. you know, and the guy too, I mean, they're, they're struggling with what that really means for them. So about half of all pregnancies are unintended or unplanned. Mm. No one that I meet with who's in an unintended pregnancy ever thought it would happen to them. They're all <laughs> shocked, right? But even in marriage, right? Yeah. Like when Caitlin told me it was good to me, I was like, cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, and I can't imagine yeah. what that feels like, like not married. Absolutely. Yeah. Not near as much joy. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, and a lot of times they're shocked and I think we, we really shouldn't be shocked, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't something that happens to us, right? right. It isn't something that we caught um, we were choosing to enter into a sexual, and I, I you know, and I, Cole, I want to be very clear that I am speaking to consensual sexual encounters here. Right. You know, where you chose to enter into a sexual relationship with someone. Yeah, that's a good distinction. Um, if we're talking about things where you were forced or pressured, or raped or assaulted, the conversation is not like this. Mm. I just want to be clear that we're talking yeah. about consensual sexual encounters. But mm. um, if you're having sex. You can't be surprised if you get pregnant. That's kind of like biology 101. Sure. So, and the problem with unintended pregnancies is it can, it's almost a, we spoke about a cascade of events earlier. And so we see this in our clinic. It begins a cascade of events um, and it leads to some really other tough decisions. And for instance, the issue of abortion, right? So we're in a presidential election year. There's a lot going on in our city about abortion. Mm. Um, and so, a lot of times we can begin to think of that just as a political issue, but it's not. Mm. The ladies that are fit are, that are having to make these decisions, man, it's much more difficult than that. So mm. um, there's a secular, I would say pretty liberal-leaning group that gets gathers stats for abortion procedures, and it's called the Guttmacher Institute. And their data shows that over 80% of women who have abortions are unmarried. So they're either single or cohabitating. Wow. 
and a good chunk of those women indicate a religious affiliation. Hmm. So that tells us, and I know from my own uh, work, that unmarried Christian women are choosing abortion. Okay, hmm. And oftentimes, some of the single ladies that um, are in an unintended pregnancy that I meet with feel like they have no other choice but to have an abortion because they have to cover up the fact that they've been having sex. Mm. So it's like we're just starting to pile these issues and these sins on top of each mm. other. And so abortion is not just a single isolated medical event. Um, abortion, when for After abortion, women can struggle with what we call post-abortion trauma or emotional issues as a result, especially if they have a moral or religious belief that conflicts with abortion. And so um, the trouble just can just keep piling up for them. And so I would encourage if anyone is listening to this who has experienced abortion trauma in the past, that there is forgiveness, Mm. there is redemption, um, Mm. that they can be released from from that darkness and shame that they're living in, that there are counselors even in our own town who specialize in helping ladies Mm. through that. So if that is something that they need, I would encourage them to reach out. Bobby, I I would step in just a thought. I I think what you just said, I mean, someone that has had an abortion, from what I hear from you, I mean, it is almost guaranteed they're going to be going through some sort of trauma, like emotional issue. Like we think of trauma like, a victim of a mass shooting, right? Or, sure, um, but you're saying an abortion can experience trauma, and I'm uh, someone that has had an abortion can experience trauma. I'm just thinking, wow, like we need to be careful. One in having this holier than thou attitude towards those that we know, and also I think we need to be careful um, in how we talk about it, right? Because in the church, as Christians, with the Word of God as our authority, we we know even science can prove that that is wrong, right? But, man, even how we go about that, right, is so important. You're dealing with someone who has had trauma. I don't know. That's just, that stuck out to me. It's so important, I think, how we talk and interact with those who've, who've been through this. Right. And yeah. um, the latest data that I read is one in four women by the age of 40 will have had an abortion. So you look around the congregation of our church or even any, you know, group setting that you're in, there's a a good chunk of women who have lived that, and that is a shame that they carry with them. Mm. And I think as as Bible-believing Christians, we often get focused on how can we protect the sanctity of life and protect the unborn, and we are called to do that, absolutely. I think we are. But we have to do that in a way that doesn't twist the knife into the heart of our other sisters in Christ. Right. And I really think that reflects a fuller, greater picture of redemption, right? Absolutely. Like God is most glorified when we are mindful and are helping people see redemption, all all parties, right? Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. Absolutely. So um, after pregnancy, the next thing that people often think about is um, the consequence of sexually transmitted infections Mm. or STDs. STDs, STIs, they're interchangeable. They mean the same thing. Mm. According to the CDC, there's 20 million new cases of STDs every year. Half of those occur in people ages 15 to 24. So that means someone is getting an STD every 3.1 seconds. 
Um, it Most people that have an STD don't have any visible symptoms. Um, they might look, you, you know, you can't look at someone and tell if they have an STD. Um, people aren't honest about this usually either. I always give the example, you know, I'll, I'll have ladies who will say, well, you know, I, I know that my partner's not having sex with other people. I'm like, yeah, but do you really know? I mean, because what are they going to say? Like, yeah, I've, I've slept with, you know, nine other people just this year. And yeah. occasionally I think I might I have these issues and maybe I have an STD. No, they're not mm. going to tell you that. They're just going to tell you what they need to tell you mm. to let that physical relationship progress. So I would, I would encourage people to use caution um, when then just accepting at face value what people are saying about their sexual health. Um, and oftentimes I think we think, and, and people that are listening right now be maybe thinking like, yeah, that's something that happens to other people, right? That's <laughs> something that happens to dirty right. people or right. people, you know, like Christians don't get STDs or I'm not even having real sex, right? I'm, we're yeah. just messing around. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I have had to break that news to many patients who hmm. they haven't even had quote unquote real sex or maybe, positive. yeah. Wow. And so they're dealing hmm. with those diagnoses and some that are lifelong, you yeah. know, some that um, maybe don't cause necessarily physical like ailments for the rest of their life, but it is something that can come back and, and go away and come back, you know, something like herpes that people are having to deal with for the rest of their lives. And those are, um, hard conversations and mm. and hard for people to accept that that, yeah. that a single decision could impact the rest of their life. Sure. I'm, I'm almost seeing these physical consequences as like little signposts. Um, and I think God's hope maybe in redeeming that is those are maybe reflections of what's kind of happening in your soul, right? And in your brain, the, the way that it's, it's reflecting and harming your, your inner self, right? So I think where I'm going with that is even though the stats aren't there to think of it that way, I think some people kind of see the physical consequences like flipping a coin. Like if they're willing to gamble a little bit, right. you know what I mean? They're like, right. ah, I know so many people. Um, and if they really were counting it up, maybe they would, and they knew the truth, right? It wouldn't, the, the odds wouldn't be so compelling for them to take these risks. Um, but what would you say to the person like, hey, I'm not, I'm not worried about the physical consequences. And so what I hear you saying, okay, I, I'm going to, we're going to use a condom. Like, yeah, just and, be safe. Yeah, just be safe. So like, I mean, like, what would you say to someone like that? It's like, I'm not worried about that. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, although we, there are things, um, contraception is a way to reduce your risk of pregnancy and, you know, condoms can reduce your risk of contracting an STD. Um, they cannot eliminate mm. that risk. Um, the only thing that can eliminate it is choosing you know, to not have sex. But even, I mean, even birth control and condoms, they offer no protection for the less visible, however, much bigger issues. So I often will use the analogy of the tip of the iceberg. And so, you know, if you see an iceberg floating in the ocean, what is sticking out at the top is a the smallest part, the, what is mm -hmm. underneath the water is much bigger. Sure. And so the emotional issues that come along with um, sex outside of God's design are, you know, while less visible and we can't test you for them and we can't give you a pill to make them go away, man, they are a huge problem and we see that yeah. a lot. Yeah. So um, 
I would love to discuss with you guys about just the neuroscience that we have. And so this is, you know, secular neuroscience research. Um, they have nothing to gain here, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. have an agenda. For sure. Yeah. So there's two main um, neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters, their purpose is basically like your brain is full of nerve cells and they don't quite touch, right? So the way they send a message from one nerve cell to the other is through a neurotransmitter, a chemical, you know, in there, in these little synapses. And that's telling your brain kind of what to do and what pathways to lay down. So the main two that I'd like to talk about, one is oxytocin. Oxytocin is what we call the bonding hormone. So when your wife, Caitlin, had her baby, her body was flooded with oxytocin, right? So um, it is it is the same hormone that helps women bond to their children. Wow. Um we also get just a little hit of oxytocin anytime we have any kind of physical contact with someone. So when, like, I think, like, even when I hug a friend or I hug my child, just mm. that little bit of physical contact um, will cause a little bit of, of oxytocin release. And I wish someone could see Julie over here is touching Katie's head. So yeah, you so just some experienced oxytocin some oxytocin. Release, We're getting their right? oxy on in here. Right. So they're getting, getting their oxy on. It's getting real. <laughs> the totally legal, not street oxy. All right. So um, thank you for clarifying yes, that. Yes, absolutely. I was leaving that out for you to correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what that? So with with any type of sexual activity, oxytocin is a hormone that is released in the brain. It helps, and you know this is good, right? This God meant it to be this way, so that. You know, when you have sex with your husband or your wife, sex is not just for, you know, procreation or for reproduction. It is to bond two people together in a long-term relationship like a marriage. So you can't just go, okay, I'm going to flip off that oxytocin transmitter because this is just sex. This is just, I'm just hooking up tonight, right? So this, mm. I don't want to be bonded to this person. Yeah. Like, you don't get to do that. Um, the other one that is important to discuss is dopamine. So mm. people probably heard of dopamine before, but dopamine is the pleasure chemical. Like right now, if I say like Chick-fil-A fries, right? Like you there can almost is. taste them, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's the same thing because you know, you've had that before when you ate, you know, a big old greasy cheeseburger or some Chick-fil-A fries, your brain was flooded with dopamine. It helps you remember, like, that brought me pleasure. I liked that. I want that again. And so that is happening in your brain. Um, so whether you mean to or not, your body is making a promise to someone. Hmm. Um, so our bodies are bonding to people through sexual activity. Whether that is, you know, just rubbing up on each other, whether that's oral sex, whether that's actual quote unquote real sex, um, there is oxytocin and dopamine being released in those situations. So what's great about the brain is it has what's called neuroplasticity, which means it can change. It can, you know, if you think of these um, neurotransmitters making little roads up in your brain, it can make new roads and it can tear down roads and make other roads. And so when we are engaging in sexual activity, whether that be actual physical activity or viewing pornography or sexual images, uh, it begins to lay down roads towards sexual activity. So then that begins to be 
what we want even more. This is how addiction occurs, mm. um, is those pathways get, the roads get bigger. So instead of it being like this two-lane dirt road, now you've got this like six-lane highway in wow. your brain, right? And so that is, and the more you feed it, and the more response, more oxytocin response, more dopamine response you get, the bigger those pathways get. Now, the good news is, if your brain can change to the negative, it can change to the positive as well. So there is hope that right. those can be changed. Um, they can be weakened and degraded even. So the problem comes when we live in this world of a hookup, bonding, breakup cycle. So right. meet someone, hook up, maybe have sex, maybe you don't go all the way, whatever, some type of physical relationship, right? You bond, you're sort of bonded with that person. You don't realize that you break up. You're on to the next person. Sure. And as we do this over and over and over and over and over and over, it's like two pieces of tape. Yeah. You're bonding, you've pulled apart. You're bonding, you've pulled mm. apart. So eventually what happens to the tape? Yeah, it like of, doesn't yeah, stick as well, down. right? Yeah. So this can mm. cause long-term bonding issues later on in life Wow, um, for people who are entering, into, entering in and out of these relationships so quickly mm. um, that they begin to just focus on short-term pleasure. Wow. Bobby, in light of that, like I'm – picturing a very real life scenario um what would you say to the the christian couple college student young adult age who they uh they they did have sex um and because of they are a christian they know um they, they have some guilt there they have some conviction um and now they've broken up um and it it really hasn't been that long of a time like what what would you say to them in terms of their thoughts about like getting into another relationship, like based on just this data? Does that question make sense? Yeah. I think some people just feel like some people don't realize what has just happened when they're in a relationship and they have sex and they don't really process and think through that when they're thinking about like, okay, I've moved on. I'm going to go to someone else. Right. And so I want to be very clear that I'm a nurse and not a neuroscientist, but I would say from what I know and even what I see is that even the desire to hop into another relationship proves what's going on because Mm. it's like, man, I've had that. I want that again. Mm. Right. So they've had that feeling and they need to replace that again. I don't want to call it an addiction because I don't that's a very serious word. Mm-hmm. But it almost becomes a pattern in which we live our lives. So I would say to someone who has been sexually active in the past, it is not that you cannot change, but there is definitely going to need to be a very strict set of boundaries or you're almost just kind of predisposed to go right back to it. Sure. So if we're wanting to make real changes, um, you know, and God, God forgives and He redeems. That's right. You are not damaged. You are not um, past repair. Mm. I mean, there are consequences, and we have to deal with those. Sure. But just in the same way that we can lay down those negative pathways we can take them back up and lay down some better positive pathways. It just takes, it's not something that we can usually do in our own strength. Maybe that's obviously through prayer, through growing closer in our walk with Christ, but even maybe even some professional help with some Mm. professional counseling or biblical counseling or guidance. Sure. Yeah, I I appreciate that answer. I I think um, 
I think it's important to think about. And what I love about you sharing that is sometimes it can just be seen as like, oh, you're just a Bible thumping conservative. You just yeah. hate sex. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I talk like that. It's just the voice that, that I chose to use. Like this, yeah, there it? you go. Yeah. It does. It's, it's, <laughs> that's how we sound. We we all have a West Texas accent as well. Um, but uh, I think to even see that science is screaming out and compelling us to consider um, not only the seriousness, I would say there's beauty in that, right? That really, because we're like that tape, the way God has designed us is to be adhered one time, right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And while this can all sound really scary and dangerous, like think of it, I would encourage you to think of it like in a, in the bonds of marriage, this is what makes sex so beautiful is that it isn't just physical, that it it is a, it's a level of, of love and being able to express true love and true vulnerability and true intimacy with someone who is doing the same back because you guys are on the same path looking towards Jesus. Sure. And and so there's that. Um, I would say, thankfully, uh, sex is still pretty taboo just to go out and say it. But I think thankfully over the past maybe decade or so, um, a lot has come to light. I think Christian leaders have spoken up just in the area of, let's say, sex and technology and, and, and pornography and, and I'm grateful for that because I, I would say that if um, couples or individuals in the journey, for example, um, guys and girls are not engaging in sexual relationships, they definitely have sexual temptation. And the stats are coming out, again, guys and girls um, who are not only being exposed intentionally to pornography, but maybe even are developing addictions. And so um, what what has, what has been the effect of technology like on this issue from what you've learned and and has it kind of served as a way to to make this issue more severe maybe even more complex yes absolutely um i think first of all technology has made sex way more accessible way earlier in life so exposure to sexually graphic material whether that be pornography or just images or just half-naked women or guys um you know even if you weren't looking for it I mean, you hop on most social media platforms and unfortunately sex sells. So that's what's going to be mm-hmm. front and center. That's going to be on your, you know, your sponsored images or maybe mm-hmm. on your, you know, the discovery pages where sure. you just can like scroll through and see what everyone, what the popular things are. So um, children are being exposed. And I say children because the average age of a guy's first um, exposure to pornography is age nine, right? So in wow. girls, I think it's 11. That's the last data I saw. But hmm. um, so we're being exposed to it earlier. So we're getting that dopamine hit in our brain sooner, right? So we're hmm. starting to build these, for a lack of a better way, word, sexual pathways in our brains earlier. Hmm. So it is exposing us to think. So then, you know, then you're trying to set this person up for having now you've been exposed at nine and let's say, you get married when you're 25, right? So, mm. I mean, we're talking a long time, six years, 16 yeah. years yeah. of trying to <laughs> stay pure and away from that when those brain pathways are being fed. So I think that is putting us um, mm. children in a much, much riskier situation. The other thing that we're seeing um, in the data is with that oxytocin and the dopamine response, because that's happening even if you're watching, you know, 
sex on a screen. So then what happens is we're being bonded to a 2D image on a screen. So sometimes in cases that can make um, guys and girls less willing to bond in an actual physical relationship like marriage. I mean, that's one of the big problems with pornography in marriage is mm. that becomes the priority over the marital bed. Sure. And because this is short-term instant gratification and dopamine sets us up for wanting for short-term pleasure, right? Sure. So um, pornography and sexual media is just setting us up for wanting wanting it now, wanting it quick, wanting it fast, and not wanting a long-term committed relationship. Sure, right. It's it's kind of really, um, it's really cheap, right? It's kind of like when you, uh, sorry, I'm going to slam McDonald's. You know, like mm-hmm. when you see the commercials, the actual product is like crap, right? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like they make the McChicken look so good, but it's like the reality is it, it, it's not. And here's not where I'm right. going with that. I'm not saying the sex is bad. What I'm right. saying is like it's a very cheap representation of what it really is. Right. I think exactly. I've talked with that about. But with students, I've said, look, I, I, I know you have this idea what you think it is. And I can guarantee you it's not that. <laughs> right, for <Yeah>. sure. Right. <laughs> and so um, I'm going to kind of com- combine um, some some questions just because I think they're, 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 they're so similar. Um, Bobby, if we're not careful, and you know this, and you've inserted some caveats and some clarifications, but if we're not careful um, in this podcast at this point, there can be a person um, – who's just about ready to just throw their hands up and you know like they have they have listened and they have been thinking um i've blown it in all these areas <laughs> you know what i mean like i in every single way you just lifted it listed every example of sex and relationships i've totally blown it um what would you say to that person like they've had sex they've had pregnancy scares or they've been pregnant gotten an abortion they've been in a terrible relationship they're so discouraged guy or girl like what would you say to them and, and like how would how would you offer help and hope to them it's a big question <laughs> yeah you know and that's always my fear when we begin to talk about sex is I don't ever want people to feel like man I'm just so damaged or mm. so messed up that it's beyond repair My first thing as a sister in Christ to a brother or sister in Christ would be like, there is so much freedom, ultimate freedom and forgiveness in Christ, right? So the forgiveness is done. I I often, I heard a great sermon once where he was talking about like- It was Matt Chandler, wasn't it? Probably, you know, (laughs) he's so good. Um, You know, when you picture Jesus on the cross, like- He's holding our sins in his hands. Like, which ones are you seeing him hold? And so maybe mm. for you that, for for the uh, someone listening, it is the choices that you've made in, 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 in the area of sex. And so I would say that it's done. It's finished. It was that the, it was finished on the cross. It's gone. And I promise you he's not surprised. He knows exactly. He knows us, right? He knows our mm. hearts. Um, and he knows you. And he still loves you. Like, he still loves us. Um, hmm. And, you you know, my boy Matt Chandler says you can't out the grace of God. <laughs> and I think that is so important to remember. But what can happen is if you're hearing, man, I'm damaged, there's no point, that's not from the Lord. That's from the enemy, right? So hmm. 
you know, the enemy feeds is darkness, right? So darkness sure. feeds shame and then shame feeds more sin, more sin feeds more shame, then more darkness, then more sin, you know, so we're on mm. this cycle, right? <laughs> so I would say hop off that crazy cycle, <laughs> know that the enemy is not in control. And he, I mean, um, they say Satan is dead, but he's deadly, right? So he, mm. there is still power and kind of how he can make you feel, but he does not win. He is not the winner. So mm-hmm. secrets lose their power when we shine light on them. So mm-hmm. I would say find some good godly counsel. For, oh, back up. First, I would say go get tested. Go get tested. Make sure you're physically, you know, redeemed or clean or whatever. Um, make sure that that is all taken care of. That's priority number one. And not two, but equally important as one would be to get some godly counsel or some biblical counseling there. Mm. Um, that is important, um, to kind of help you rewire those pathways, help you understand how to set good boundaries Mm. and then to set some real boundaries. And for some people that may be like, I literally cannot be alone with someone of the opposite sex, or I'm going to go right back down this path. And so then you're back to, you know, group hangouts and group dating. But, man, if that's what you need mm-hmm. to maintain that, that's what's important. Sure. So whatever you do, don't hide. Don't let Satan isolate you. Find, Reach out. Find a community. Find someone that can help you walk through that and mm-hmm. make that happen. Man. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, I think we... Um, both believe in um, the power of the gospel as evident in that evidence and just what you said. Um, and I think too, we both believe um, in the power of prayer. And in just a minute, what I'm going to ask Bobby to do is just um, pray for those of you who are listening and people in the journey, people on college campuses and young adults and really um, around the world, because Bobby, you would probably agree to have access to this information is is um should not be a luxury but for whatever reason it is isn't it because so many people don't know and what i want to say before that um is um if you have listened to this and you want the type of help that bobby has talked about and getting tested and getting uh counseling uh what she has told me before we started is that you can actually follow her is it uh what was your instagram handle Oh, it's Mama Kite. Or you can just look up Bobby Kite. Just look B-O-B-B-I-E. up Bobby Kite. Cole's yeah. been misspelling my name, by the way. I have? Yeah, you put I-E? Y. It's I-E. You put Y. I thought you wanted Y. Sorry. No. I was thinking That's Bobby Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Yeah. Waterboard. No, it's okay. Bobby B-O-B-B-I-E Kite. Just like you fly. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure and have TJ correct that on the podcast details. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, yeah, you can. She's had girls that I know, um, or just I should say, students in general, uh, message her before reach out to her. So you would not be alone. You would not be a first to do that. Um, and also, I just think in general, like um, me or any of our staff, um, you could reach out to, and we would love to um, direct you and talk with you and pray for you in this area. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I know this is a little bit lengthier than our typical topics podcast. Um, I have a feeling that we'll have Bobby back, um, especially after this amazing time. And, uh, who knows, we may have to get her 
get her there on a Tuesday night sometime and um, drop the mic several times. All and right, so, yes. Uh, we'd love that. Get us a cheap one to drop. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, because it needs to be dropped several times, That's I imagine. Right. Um, so, yeah, Bobby, would you just uh, would you just kind of close us in, in, in prayer? Yeah, I would uh, And I, I want to invite, if you're listening right now, I want to invite you in. Don't just think, okay, I'm done with the podcast. I invite you into this and, and let's pray and pray that the Holy Spirit is meeting you wherever you're at. Yeah. Man, God, you are so good to us. And Lord, I just, I am overwhelmed by your abundant care um, and guidance for myself. And Lord, I pray that anyone that is listening today and the people in this room, Lord, that above all, they would feel how much you love them. Lord, that you sent your son to die for us so that we don't have to live for this world, that we don't have to live for the view of sex that um, this world tells us. And Lord, we are sorry for making a mess of something that you made so beautiful. Mm. And Lord, I just pray that you forgive us for that. And Lord, that you will teach each of us how to bring glory and honor to you through sex, that we would honor you in all areas of our life, Lord, that you would permeate every bit of our being, that we would live for you, that we would know that you are enough, that what we get when we leave this world, that we get to wake up in eternity with you, with the living God, Lord, that that is enough and that what matters, that what happens here, Lord, this is as pleasurable as all this stuff seems and may be for the short term, Lord, we are living for the long term with you. And Lord, I want to specifically pray for anyone who has entered into sexual sin, um, Lord, that it is no different than any other sin and that you have forgiven it. You, it was on Jesus on the cross. And Lord, that you love us in spite of that. Lord, I pray that we will be obedient to your call um, to live better. Um, Not because we need to do that for you to love us, but because we love you so much. And Lord, I pray for any lady that may be hearing this that has experienced an abortion in the past. Lord, that you would show her that that is forgiven. Mm. Lord, that you show her how much you love her and how much, um, what an abundant life you have for her in that forgiveness, Lord, and that she, you would line up all the things just for her to feel comfortable to reach out and find the healing and the help that she needs. Lord, I thank you for Cole and Julia and Katie and what they do for the journey ministry, Lord. And I pray that you would give them the right answers to these hard questions and the hard topics as um, sometimes talks like this just bring out the stuff that we didn't know that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we just pray. I pray for them as they work through the, those things. And, Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you so much for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, well, Journey Fam, thank you so much for listening into this. Um, always invites you to follow us at the Journey LBK on Instagram, and there in our link tree, you can find more uh, podcast and more information, of course, about um, our ministry. And also, a big shout out and thanks to uh, TJ, one of our media guys, for putting this together. If it sounds good, um, then it's because I made it sound good. If it sounds bad, blame TJ. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, we're always thankful for him, and just know there's a lot of people behind the scenes make behind the scenes making this uh, possible. Um, a along with many other things that we do. We hope you all have a great day. 
day and a great rest of your week. Later. We hope you were encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about The Journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.